because our revenues went down to zero, right? So events and hospitality was the was the biggest hit at the time. So um, our revenues went down to flat zero, and, mm. and we still had like a lot of commitment at the time. So it only made sense for us to shut down like all the country operations, and we came back to the table re-strategizing, trying to figure out what next. And I think it was one of the it's not one, it's it's the most most um it it's it, it was the most challenging time for me as an entrepreneur. This is Curious K Podcast. Uh, my name is Colapo and I'm your host. And thank you for joining us today. And um if you missed the last week conversation, uh, I think you have to check it out. I had an amazing uh, conversation with Winula. Shout out to Winula uh, about Tunza. And um, this week we are following in the same trajectory. And this conversation promises to be very beautiful. Uh, so just sit back, relax, and and have a good time while you listen to us. And uh, we're having a very special entrepreneur today. Uh, someone I would like to call a veteran. He's uh, been in the uh, Nigeria tech ecosystem for a while. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to, to have him on the show today. Uh, so today, our conversation, we're having conversation with Andrew Erelube, uh, who, who founded Agavenu. Uh, I think back in 2015, 2014, or thereabout. And Baga um, Venue is the largest online event venue booking platform, which is designed to make it easy for event hosts to search, check availability, and book a preferred, preferred venue in minutes. And now, interestingly, it's building Lenko, uh, which is a new bank for businesses. And the promise is that uh, this is going to be 10 times faster in opening up your business account. Uh, 10 times cheaper and you have 100% guaranteed of human support uh, when you need it. So welcome to the show Andrew today. It's, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me Kolapo. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, so how are you doing today? How has it been? Uh, I'm very well. Um, Lagos, Lagos has been good so far. Alright. And the weather and yeah um yeah it's it, it, it's been it's been quite sunny for a few days so yeah so lagos has been good so far yeah and uh of course i know you probably be, be working from home so you, you're not really experiencing the lagos uh traffic you know and um or the also and bustle you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot easier this way yeah nice all right so uh we're just going to get into it right now uh i know you've been building stuff for some years and uh i would just start with uh the first time i remember we we got to meet and it was about the startup you were building at that time which you were very excited about uh which is called a garden so uh, i think you've been building that for years now so I would just like to know what starting a guy venue was like for you uh, back in 2014 or thereabouts. If you can give us a background into the exact timeline you started and, and what was the process like and why did you think that was the right idea for you to pursue? All right. Awesome. Um, thank you very much for having me once again, um, Kolapo. So, yeah, so I think we first met at um, Demo Africa in 2015. I, I think that was when we first met. Um, yeah. times. 
Um, yeah, and we started Ogre Venue Q4 2015, but officially went to the public um, um, Q1 2016 with Ogre Venue. And the premise for us was um, how do we make it easy for anyone within the continent to search and book for a venue and a vendor within minutes versus having to walk around town searching for venues or having to make um, call a long list of um, friends or people within your network to get vendors. So that, that was what we're solving for primarily. Um, and how we came about the problem was um, as the last child in my home, um, my older sister was to get married. I was tasked to go search for venue for, for our event. And, and at, at the time, I was still a student. It didn't make sense that I had to drive around a small city, uh, the small city of Benin, for over four weeks searching for a venue. Wow. Right? And, and, and the, the entrepreneur in me and the software developer in me just pretty much figured out that how could we just build a Google for venues? That was like the first thought in my head, but I was still in school, um, had a lot of um, obligations in school at the time. So I didn't really have all that time to, to build. Then um, fast forward to 2014, when I graduated, um, I was listed among the top 10 young visionary fellows by the Indian government. Um, so immediately after my university education, I went to India, spent a couple of months in New Delhi, um, where we shadowed... Um, some of the now unicorns, then, um, then they were just startups, fast growth startups, um, the likes of Paytm, um, Oya Rooms, Jabong in India. So we shadowed their CEO for a couple of months. And um, that was when, like, coming back to Nigeria, I figured out that before my NYC, I figured out that I would want to solve this problem so that nobody else within the country has to be bothered about um, finding a venue or finding a vendor. Right. So I had to put together um, my friends and my older brother um, who was working with um, a, a tier one bank at the time. So I had to put a, a team together who I feel was um, fit to run with this with me. Um, yeah. Then we started building in, in mid mid 2015 during my National Youth Service Corps. Then thankfully, um, towards Q3, Q4 of the same 2015 we were listed um, for Demo Africa. Um, then I just got back for, into the country at the time. Um, and it was a good time to, it was a good platform to start um, Oga Venue. Then yes, then um, the story just blew up afterwards. Um, because after Demo Africa, we launched publicly Q1 2016. Uh, a few months after that, we got our first investment from um, Jason Unjoku of um, Iroko TV and... Um, Hotels NG got our first investment a few months after we launched. Um, then afterwards, we we partnered. We grew from um, zero businesses that we were working with at the time. We grew to about thirty one thousand businesses across six countries, um, where we had operations and we had teams across like multiple countries um, pre COVID nineteen um, pre COVID nineteen um, last year. Then yes, then I think within that period, we're doing somewhere around 150 events per month, um, over $4.5 million in GMV uh, for businesses monthly. And yeah, like we saw, we saw a massive, massive growth. And over that, over that time period between um, when we launched Oga Venue and um, Q1 of 2020, we, we raised um, quite um, a significant amount um, from, from investors. 
um, um, and and were super grateful for like the the set of investors that we had. Um, yeah, and and I think the experience we had with um, working with thirty thousand plus businesses, managing well over twenty bank accounts across like six countries. That's what we're putting into like the new um, our new venture now. Well, absolutely, I think that's that's great, Andrew. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. And I think you've been able to, to really break that down. So I would just like to go back a bit when you mentioned uh, your trip to India, all right, uh, because you're in school. So how did that happen? I would like to know, uh, have you been building businesses before in school or you had some project or why, why, why did it happen that you were selected for that and you were able, uh, you had the opportunity to make that trip? Okay, awesome. So um, before Ogavenue, I've always been building businesses. So I've been building businesses for a while, though quite a number of them have not been tech enabled. So a lot of them were like um, a bit offline as a student, right? So selling premium watches, um, selling expensive perfumes, uh, just a number of like random side gigs as a student I did. And I had like a a, a very big um, poultry farm as well which was like uh, our seed investment into Ogavenue. That was like, like all the finances, the, all the financing we needed to start Ogavenue. So I think I had like um, a sizable, a sizable um, poultry, over 1,500 chickens, uh, producing somewhere around 100 crates of eggs per day um, while I was still in school. And I, ha- and I had about six employees back then. Um, so yeah, so... I've been doing businesses before then. And um, to come back to your question, how I got selected for Demo Africa. So I think it was the idea for Oga Venue that made me get selected for Demo Africa. Like I mentioned, before I graduated school, I already had the idea, especially when within the period when um, I had the challenge myself. So I just I was just nursing the idea, cleaning up the business model and all of that. Um, then thankfully, when the opportunity came to apply for Demo Africa, I applied with the idea. Um, I had a basic, we, we had a basic website. It was just me. So I had a basic website mm-hmm. um, um, then. Um, no traction. I was just, I was still building the website then. So, um, and we applied and we got selected. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and um, about the investment part, I know you had like a very interesting story uh, uh, about raising your seed uh, with Jason. Uh, I think you reached out to him. And if you can, it would be great if you can just share with us. I mean, how did that happen? And what was the process like for, 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 for getting your first seat for Gavin? All right, awesome. So, so I think what we did was um, we had funds. Um, though thinking about it now, um, um, it's small. Um, though we have we have const- constantly been financed by the poultry farm I mentioned earlier. Um, but one thing we wanted to do as a startup was. Um, to be answerable to people that have that have gone further in the journey so um and we knew that uh, we didn't really have network we didn't have connection in the tech space nobody knew us we're just building our stuff and um we just wanted advisors people that could easily give us advice on what next on what to do and just to be answerable to a, a set of people so what i did was i made a list of um 15 people that i very much respected um, in the in the ecosystem. I made a list of fifteen people. Um, then I, I used LinkedIn LinkedIn to get their email addresses. Um, then I think I started sending out monthly investor 
monthly advice to um, I think five of them, five of them, um, without expecting anybody to respond, right? So with the with the advisors update, we had a simple ask every month just below the 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 email. But I wasn't expecting anybody to respond, and not necessarily not even Jason because I always looked up to Jason at the time. I've I've never met him um, at the time, so. Um, I just wanted people to be able to write us back and say, oh, do X or do Y, not necessarily even for investment. So that's why when he reached out about the investment, we were quite surprised because we didn't even feel that we were ready for investment at the time. So, yeah. So that was like how we, how we got like, um, I think one of the nights after I sent out our advisor update, over four or five months period, all of a sudden, I think I woke up to his email um, and, and it was super exciting. And two weeks after that, um, the rest was story because we literally started and started the conversation and finished in, in less than five days. We had already even finished like um, negotiations and all that. Um, and within two weeks, we closed on the entire entire round. And he brought in um, Hotels NG as well. Hotels NG is like the biggest hotel booking platform in Nigeria, which we also were looking up to. Um, um, at the time, so yeah, so it was it was um, a good, good, good strategy for us at the time. Wow, amazing! I mean, that's that's really very interesting. I like the the fact that uh, you you knew what you wanted when it comes to engaging these these guys that you respected so much in the in, in the industry. Uh, you were you, you knew okay, I need to start a conversation with them, and your 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 report so to say was was consistent you said you were doing that every month for like four yes. months yes like i think till date um even till date we've never missed any investor updates you know all of our investors were attested that it's very important um um i think being always knowing that you have to report even if you're not even if, if even if you're not pushed to or technically you could as well say you want to report quarterly or biannually but i think for us when you know you have to you have to go back and measure your performance over a period of time um you would for that month you would want to strive to do better than the previous month so th that's a good um nudge to 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 get things going amazing i think that's that's a great culture for for for, for entrepreneurs i mean i mean i mean quite a number of people want to go in into businesses or startup just to be in control of everything so I think it's it's always important to understand that uh, you need to to build a reporting system. Uh, even if you don't have a board yet, you need some people that you have to report to. And and I like the fact that you have that culture uh, very early while, while starting out. Thank you, thank you very much for for sharing that. And so, how was the growth like? Okay, so you've raised your seed. If you can tell us how much you do raise the seed at that time. So at the time, I think we raised um, um, somewhere around fifty-five or forty-five thousand. I, uh, if my memory serves me right, um, from hotels and uh, hotels ng and um, spark ng at the time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, what was the growth like uh, after that time? Was he well? What was it like? Was it expectations? Because I know you have investors' money now. You know the conversation has to change. I mean, uh, you have to do some things differently. You have to maybe bring in more staff. And all that. So, in terms of your growth uh, after the investment, uh, if I get it right, the investment came in 2016, right? Yes, it did. Okay. All right. So, what was the growth like for you after that point? And 
were you in a hurry to raise a follow-around investment or you guys were quickly able to ramp up very impressive numbers in terms of revenue? Because I remember you mentioned you had, at a point, you had like 4.4 million. Uh, yeah, 4.5 million in general. Yeah, in, yeah, in gross um, revenue. So, yeah. So what is, uh, what is, how did that happen? How fast did that happen? What was the growth like? Uh, and what were the lessons you learned from the market while building consistently? Yeah, so so to put numbers to it, um, I think before we took in um, um, investors' money, we were already growing. So before we raised somewhere around um, a thousand or two thousand, yeah, um, two thousand plus venues um, across seven seven states in Nigeria, and we were doing somewhere around eight hundred thousand, dollars monthly in um, gross merchandise volume. At the time, um, then once the moment we took in investors' funds, I think two things we focused on was scale um, and not necessarily um, burning funds. It was majorly how to scale and scale in a very capital efficient way because we know that for us to get to the next um, milestone, we would need to be super capital efficient. So it, we didn't really go all out to hire so many people. Um, I think at the peak, uh, we, we've taken, we've always had a very different strategy around hiring. In, in, in I and my co-founders, right? So we would rather we prefer a small SWAT team, a team that somewhat somewhat has um, everything. So, so we somehow have everything figured out within a very small team. So I think at peak with um, Ogaveni, we had um, 20, 20 employees at peak. And at that time, we were doing like over 150 events, um, 7,000 requests monthly, um, 4.5 million in January monthly. So like, and, and, and compared to other startups that were doing somewhat similar revenue and volumes, I think we were quite capital efficient. So yeah, so how traction um, doubled for us, I think we almost 10x our volumes. Um, within our first six months of raising investment. Um, so we grew from somewhere around a thousand, a thousand plus venues to about 7,000 venues um, within a space of 18, 18 months after taking in investment. And um, we also grew from a $100,000 monthly GMV to somewhere around $1.4, $1.3 million in GMV monthly. Um, within that same space so for us it was optimizing for organic growth and doing it in a very capital efficient um, efficient way yeah i mean amazing so did you raise was your follow-up from uh, spark and hotels yeah so hotels and spark they are pretty much like very early investors so we had follow-up from um um, um, Afopreneur, that's Idris, Idris Bello, like one of the early investors in Flutter with Anandela. We also had investment from Neo Ventures, Ingressive, um, um, and now Kipul, Kipul and, and quite a number of Japanese investors as well. Yeah. So it wasn't from right. Spark and um, Hotels. Okay. But I think you were lucky, like after raising those investments, right? Was that like yeah, so we've, we've, we've always liked to be very low-key. So we just like <laughs> um, and And I think most times, that's why uh, quite a number of times when um, we go out to fundraise, we often close our fundraise within 
within um, 12, six weeks, because when people see our numbers, they, they're always very surprised why we don't um, go to the press and do a lot of um, um, publicity and all. But for us, we've always focused on, it's still day one. So we still have a whole lot to build. We're still figuring out a lot of things. So we really do not see need of um, a need to make so much noise about whatever it is. So it's about the numbers, right? Uh, the numbers about speaks the volume. Tractions, traction. That's that's what that's what matters to us. Then that speaks for us. So um, same thing with our current business, Lenko. I think um, in comparison to say competitors in the space, maybe our closest competitor or whatever it is, right? Like um, I think sufficiently we're doing way 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 better numbers than our competitors right now already amazing yeah so before we get to lenko uh so how how did you manage the impact of covid uh during the lockdown and uh, there are no events and um how did that affect the business and how did that how did you evolve uh the business i mean it will it should be interesting to to share your experience dealing with that yes so i think i think um first i would say covid was like one of the most um uh, uh, my most depressing or emotional period as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the time, we, like I mentioned, uh, pre-COVID, we had operations across six countries, um, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, um, Kenya, Rwanda, and the UAE. So what that meant for us was we had to start shutting down each country operation. I think out of all the countries, Nigeria was like the last country um, I, I, I think Nigeria was among the last countries to to um, uh, announce a lockdown. So it meant that even before we locked down in Nigeria, before there was a lockdown in Nigeria, we already were already feeling the Im- impact mm-hmm. uh, in our other countries. So we had to let like a, a good number of employees go um, um, just to just to be able to cut costs and because our revenues went down to zero, right? So events and hospitality was the was the biggest hit at the time. So um, our revenues went down to flat zero and, mm. and we still had like a lot of commitment at the time. So it only made sense for us to shut down like all the country operations. And we came back to the table, re-strategizing, trying to figure out what next. And I think it was one of the, it's not one, it's it's the most, most. Um, it, 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 it was the most challenging time for me as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, but thankfully we were able to go through because quite a number of things, will, I would say, um, helped us. So we had cash in the bank. So that, that's the first thing. So we're not about running out of money at the time. So we still had quite a significant fund in the bank. So we only needed to figure out what next. How do we sustain as a business? What are we going to do next? How do we ensure that we still create value for our investors? I think a good number of our investors thought that we're going to shut down completely and not reinvent mm. ourselves because it was normal, right? It, it, it was like quite a large percentage of um, um, startups shut down within that period. So I think our capital efficient way of running business helped us a lot. That was what helped us have um, reserves in the bank. And we came back to the table. I came back to the table with my co-founders and we're trying to figure out like what next for us? What do we do? We hope it's not a strategy. So we couldn't just sit down and hope that events come back uh, because no one knew when the vaccines will, will come back, um, will be, will be um, available. And no one even knew how fast 
things will come back to normal, yeah. that people yeah. will be able to gather up, a thousand people will be able to gather up and sit down in one place without being scared of COVID. So we just had to like figure out like what next. And we went back and said, we looked through all the different challenges we faced across like the multiple countries we've operated in. And we were just looking through like the challenges we've consistently had, the 30,000 plus businesses we've worked with faced. And I think the biggest of the challenges, and it was, it was unique across like all countries, was business banking. It was the same problem. We faced it. Um, we faced the problem running operations across multiple countries using like quite a significant number of bank accounts. We faced that same challenge. And it was very clear that we wanted to solve that. Um, and thankfully, um, our team was, um, I think we were in the best position to solve, or we are in the best position to solve that problem, right? Because we've worked with businesses, we've experienced the problem was solving first and um, we have the experience across multiple countries um, and thankfully we have a very solid team a mix of industry experience and also technology strong um, team one of my co-founders worked with um, a first generation bank as I mentioned earlier so he worked with them for well over five years so we sort of had like a mix of industry experience and very strong technology background to solve for this and that was why we went ahead to say, okay, fine. How do we solve this problem that we faced over the last three to four years? Um, how do we solve this at scale, Pan-African? Wow. I mean, that's, that's a very, very deep and amazing story. Uh, because it's, I mean, the way you are able to evolve yourself in facing, dealing with that impact, because it was unexpected. And uh, nobody, I'm sure you actually have your numbers, your expected revenue for the year plan, your goals, milestones. And this just came and like shattered everything. Uh, that, that must be really uh, depressing. So how did you handle investors' relationship during that period? You know, I, you mentioned the investor did not even expect you're going to bounce back. But these guys have invested. What was, what was it like dealing or managing that relationship at that period? So I think for us, transparency was the key, right? Like I mentioned earlier, we've never missed any single investment investor update since we launched, whether it's Lenko or our previous business, Ogaven. So, and, and I think that sort of transparency gives you leverage um, to investors. So investors know that you know what you're doing, right? Um, uh, because I think the key there is transparency. So uh, we're, very, we're, we're very transparent with our investors about our position. It was a global pandemic. It was not local to Nigeria. So it meant that everyone, it, was, it affected everybody. Everyone, everyone felt it. Mm. So it only really made sense for either we keep burning money, paying salaries and not, and not earning any sort of revenue or not gaining any form of traction, or we, we evolve and solve the, the biggest problem that we even currently see that might be um, a bigger problem than what we're solving for previously. Amazing. So yeah, so it was a win-win for everyone. So so Oga Venue is now so Lanco is not like the new Oga Venue, right? Is it still the same company, just different name? Yeah, so so we would want to say so officially um we are we've pivoted. So Oga Venue is not we we're not running Oga Venue anymore, but how we're doing Oga Venue right now is we're building Oga Venue to become a community of businesses. That, that all the entire banking services is being powered by Lenko. So yes, technically, um, it's now Lenko fully. 
Amazing. So you're still leveraging on the existing database organizations that you have to still build this. So starting out Lenko, uh, you had customers already. Yes. So, so I think that was the leverage, right? And that's why I mentioned that um, in the space right now, I would say we are, we're the biggest, though um, I, I don't have like so much data about like the competitors, but I think around business banking, um, I would say we, we, we should be the biggest right now because we already have like um, a solid base of businesses who are already using us, thousands of businesses already banking with Lenko as we speak. Um, and, and I think one of our major um, strong points with Ogavenue, like experience we gained with Ogavenue is around onboarding businesses really fast in a very capital efficient manner which I don't think like any, our closest competitor even has experience doing any of those. And I think that's like what's putting us um, way, way ahead of, um, of the others in this space right now. Cool. Uh, and um, now, uh, Lenko is a new bank, right? Digital bank for businesses. And uh, so how did you go about like the licensing uh, because I was having a conversation with someone in the U.S. recently and he's talking about how uh, you can have new banks uh, uh, as a license under an existing bank, all right? And I think you, you have that kind of similar model, which I did not know exists in, in Nigeria. So I'd just like to share with us uh, the licensing part, how did that work? Is that easy? And your business model, uh, because most of your pricing is like free zero 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 most cases except maybe i'm transferring out of uh, of lenko so if you can just share with us how, how are you really monetizing this what's, what's your plan for it in the future okay. yeah awesome so so f- to jump into the first question which is around licensing so right now we are piggybacking on a traditional banking license right so what we have a traditional bank partner we currently work with um so we issue the bank accounts from that bank and the accounts that we issue to businesses are full-fledged accounts meaning that you can walk into our bank partner branch and carry out transactions um, and it's all like you manage your entire banking on on lenko um yeah so uh so to go into like the business model so right now for us the the goal is how can we get um how can we help tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of businesses um help them give them superb um financial tools to manage um, their entire money operations, um, then do this in a very capital efficient way. So, prior to Lenko, right, um, a, a lot, a, a few businesses had um, access to this quality of software, right? Very few businesses, like, and and the few businesses that had access to this were like paying super expensive fees just to be able to do something as simple as expense management. Um, um, expense management, the easy reconciliation, payroll, and a bunch of these other things that make like business operations fluid. Um, and this is all what we're giving to businesses on a simple banking dashboard. Um, and we're giving it to them for free. And and how, how we're making money, right? So for us right now, we feel that um, once we're able to aggregate tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of businesses on a single platform, moving billions of dollars monthly, um, monetization will come down the line. So right now, we're not focused on monetization. 
uh, monetizing right now. Our main focus right now is how can we help these tens of thousands of businesses um, prosper by giving them tools to effect- effectively manage their business. Then down the line, um, a whole lot of the other products and, um, and problems that they faced will be solved and we cannot monetize for those. Amazing. I think that's a very interesting business model, right? Uh, and uh, because in the Nigeria tech ecosystem, people, investors, they want to know where is the money right now. But I think experience, because you've built or gathered for like six years and other businesses, and you are able to still evolve. Uh, so I think there is that level of trust uh, your investors and your co-founders have in you. And because this business model is, is kind of foreign, we hardly have business models like this in Nigeria. Uh, if you're starting afresh and um, you're not clear your path to revenue from day one, it's like a no-no for most investors. Yeah, so 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 I think I think that's what a lot of um, investors would say, right? But right now, a lot of things are evolving. Um, um, I, I don't think for a first-time entrepreneur, any investor would trust you on that. So I think I think for us, um, we already know what we want to do, right? It's just for us to get to that critical critical mass for us to unveil the next step. So and investors trust us enough to get to that critical mass in a very short time period that would enable us um, um, unlock the next the next phase of growth, which would be around focusing on um, driving revenue um, 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 revenue revenues and and scale. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, as we round up, uh, what can, what would you like to tell us about about Lenko? Yeah, awesome. So, so I think I think right now for any any entrepreneur, whether you are um, a sole proprietor or you're a limited liability company, right now Lenko should be like your go-to bank. Um, there's no other banking provider right now in the space that gives you direct access to your funds when you want it, um, a fluid banking experience from um, setting different access levels to um, bulk payments, to banking APIs, um, to a very fluid and easy to use mobile banking app, um, to cards, cards and expense management with different levels, different access levels. I think right now, and, and we have like a lot of tools coming in, um, in a couple of weeks from invoicing to to payroll to to even your your managing your employees from a single banking dashboard and even point of sale solution for businesses right so instead of you to be using a traditional bank or a new bank that gives you a virtual bank account and 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 you're not able to manage your entire business on a single dashboard why not switch to Lenko? Um, to 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 all listeners out there would would be more than would be issuing out um, one year free transfers. Um, when you sign up, just sign up and uh, put the word um, Colapo or um, Colapo if you can tell us like the the full name of the podcast. Curious uh, case. Curious. Yeah, curious case. Just put the word curious case and would we'll issue you like one year free transfer. Um, for you to experience um, Lenko. Um, yeah, then, and we are very much happy um, to take in feedback and also like feature requests as we scale the product. And and I think one thing you should know for sure is Lenko is not a Nigerian digital bank. Lenko, Lenko is a Pan-African neo bank. So meaning we're rolling out Kenya, Ghana, and a couple of countries in a few months. 
um, and which would mean for fast growth startups, you are able to manage your entire banking from a single dashboard without having to be bothered around opening a bank account in each of the countries as you scale. Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much, Andrew, uh, for this wonderful conversation. This is this is really amazing uh, about the work you're doing. I mean, your passion, uh, it's, it's absolutely second to none. Uh, so thank you very much for coming on the show, Andrew. Thank you, Kolako, for having me. Chill out, yeah. So that's Andrew. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And um, you can, of course, recommend this to your friends. And you know how we do. Just subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. And feel free to reach out to us at prioscapepodcast.gmail.com. And don't forget what Andrew said. I mean, you can switch to Lenko easily. Uh, just use Prioscape. Uh, at the point of, of signing up and you get a free year uh, zero transfer free uh, so thank you everyone for listening and see you next time bye bye